Good morning, afternoon, or evening, everybody, and welcome to Rizoo, the Zoo Review Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Baker, and today I am joined once again by my incredible co-host and fellow passionate zoo lover, the one and only Jodie McFarlane. Say hello, Jodie. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh every time. Presented by Pangolin, the conservation podcast, this sister show promises to explore, appreciate, and highlight the fantastic conservation work of zoos from around the world, while also offering a perspective of the visitor experience. Today we are talking about the Scottish Deer Centre, a zoo which specialises in different species of deer and some of the other animals which live in the environments around them. Yes, so we are going to walk you through our experience, tell you about the joys of feeding deer by hand, um, and talk about some other amazing species that the centre is home to. Things like wolves and lynx and bears. Really, really interesting, cool stuff. Um, So uh, we'll then wrap up, as always, with our two stars and a wish. Um, And yeah, let's get started. So welcome back to the show. Thank you so much to everybody once again for joining us and to you, Jodie, of course, for joining me um, at the Deer Centre and, of course, here to record the podcast today as well. Um, Just to get us started, as always, um, what was your kind of pre-existing relationship with the Deer Centre? Had you been before? If you'd been, when had you been? Kind of what was your pre-existing knowledge of the Deer Centre? So I think I was very young, as in like when I was in primary school, and I can barely remember it. All I remember is the key ring that I got from the gift shop. So <laughs> that tells you it all. Um, so yeah, so I didn't really know much about it. I feel like I thought it was just going to be something quite small and just kind of a few deer in a field and maybe nothing too exciting. Um, so I wasn't going in with maybe like the biggest expectations I suppose um but I feel like I was pleasantly surprised which we will come on to yeah I I I feel like I was kind of similar I had been more recently than you I'd been um in kind of while I was at uni I went to university in St Andrews so quite close to where the Deer Centre is based near Cooper so I had been more recently but still not recent enough to remember kind of everything that was there so again it was kind of a new experience for me which was really really nice interesting exciting um to kind of go and see and since the last time i'd been i think it's under new management now um obviously during the pandemic it closed and then it didn't open for a while and then i think there was something to do with kind of it's it was owned by maybe the edinburgh woolen mill or something there was a complicated situation where the managers and all sorts of things changed and whatever so now it's open again and yeah it was nice to really really nice to be back um and I guess, yes, upon arrival, what was your kind of first impression of it? What did you think when we, we walked through the the kind of into the, I suppose, courtyard for the first time? Because it's kind of a, an odd layout, different from a lot of places. What did you think when we first walked into its kind of opening courtyard area? Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't really know what we were walking into. Like, as I say, I was expecting something very small scale, like just kind of a little sort of enclosure with maybe a few deer running about in it so we went into this very nice courtyard that had like a cafe and shop and like a farm shop and uh, yeah so it was just a nice quaint little sort of entryway Um, and then we went up into reception and we were greeted by a very friendly member of staff a basket of deer feed that you could buy the little pouches and things Um, so yeah I feel like it's almost maybe a little bit of a maze to actually get through to the main body of the deer centre because you go through 
like the kind of little windy pathway bit before you come out, um, which really kind of ramps up the anticipation, I feel. <laughs> yeah, so you first walk in and it's kind of set in this old kind of what looks like an old farm building. And on one side is the cafe. They've also got a shop. And then kind of you go through and into this, yes, kind of little windy uh, entrance into the, the kind of park itself. Um, and yes, really ca- nice chatty person on reception. At that point, you can also buy deer food. So if you want to kind of purchase um, kind of pellets to feed the deer as you go around, um, you can do. And I think I would recommend you do that because it's very, very fun, uh, very, very exciting. So make sure to pick some of that up when you go in. And yes, then you walk around kind of through this little area through kind of this barn and out into the deer center. Um, and the first thing that you're greeted with is little kind of area. You can go left and kind of see kind of a little play area with like a bouncy pillow type thing for kids. Or you can go right and see kind of birds of prey and otters and kind of start, uh, go kind of look at some of the animals, I guess, first, rather than going to a bouncy pillow. So, of course, we made a beeline straight for the otters, uh, Asian short-clawed otters, um, a very classic, classic species, which I think has come up now in every, apart from the Fife Zoo review, every single zoo zoo that we've done so far, Asian short-clawed otters have come up. And once again, they did not disappoint. Very, very nice to see them. Big space. um, Really, really interesting kind of species as always. Not much more to say about them. We've talked about them so many times. I don't know. Did you have any thoughts on the otters, Jodie? Um, not so much. I mean, we were lucky when we went in because they were being fed at the time. So there was a keeper there doing a talk and uh, it meant that obviously we got to see them. They were right there because they were out and they were excited. But there is a, a little kind of bit of signage on their enclosure that says you might not see them much throughout the rest of the day uh, when they're not being fed. So I think we were just really lucky with our timing there. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. So we kind of, um, yeah, got really, really lucky because it is a big, big space. And I think because they had just been handed some snacks, they were up and about and doing things, which was very, very lucky for us. Because yes, otters, once they disappear, can be very hard to spot and can be very elusive. And I think what was actually really nice was that in the short part of the talk that we caught, um, the woman was talking about how a linking to Scottish animals. So while they aren't unnecessarily the Scottish otter that she links to the kind of point of like if you're out she was linking to the point like oh there are otters in Scotland which was really nice to kind of highlight especially at a centre which spends a lot of time highlighting Scottish species or species which used to be Scottish species so really really nice touch there from from the talk perspective um we then kind of looped back because we were meeting somebody who hadn't arrived yet so we looped back um once we'd seen the otters um and we went and saw things like the red deer and the reindeer just kind of because they seemed closest to reception where we were waiting for um, our friend to arrive. And yes, I think if we start with the red deer, I'm going to play an audio clip, listeners, because this is when Jodie started losing her mind. Um, this audio clip is me. I was like, oh, these deer are making a, a lovely, interesting noise. I'm going to try and record it. And I want to see uh, if you can tell which of these noises um, is not, in fact, a deer, but in fact, Jodie, who started by standing behind me and going, eh, eh, like a deer. So uh, <laughs> please enjoy this lovely audio clip of nature with Jodie's um, input. <laughs> Yeah. 
So yes, could you tell uh, which one was Jodie? And while you're trying to work that out, Jodie, can you explain why you felt you had this connection to the red deer? Why was this a, a thing you I felt mean, you needed to do? In my defense, <laughs> I didn't realize that you were videoing. Um, <laughs> I think it's just because, I don't know, like you don't really expect deer to be making much of a noise. And if they were like, because these deer were making just like, a really random honking noise and I just wasn't expecting that to come out of a deer and when they were doing it so instantly at us like it's hard not to just start doing it back to them. and I didn't realize that you were on your phone because you were videoing um but yeah there you go there was me and the deer communicating clearly becoming best pals so clearly what can you clearly. say <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, once we, well, yes, before we get lost in Jodie's madness, before we did that, we then looped back to the the reindeer as well, which uh, were more silent, um, more kind of um, fascinating, and again, an interesting species to have right at the big, like kind of one of the ones that you would see maybe right at the, depending on your route, right at the beginning, um, because of course, charismatic, fantastic, very popular because of Rudolph, Santa, all the kind of association they have with Christmas. Um, and really interesting animals too, to just to see. Um, reindeer, I think, yes, uh, probably the most charismatic of the deer, maybe with, uh, with or most popular of the deer, with good reason, because they are very charismatic, beautiful things. Um, I don't know, did you have any thoughts on reindeer beyond the fact they're just lovely, lovely things? <laughs> Yeah, not really. I think I was just lost in the the kind of honking phase at that point. <laughs> um, no, but I do have, I got a really nice photo of Jack like next to the reindeer where he looks so happy and this reindeer is looking at him like, what on earth are you? So I really feel like I was appreciating the energy that those guys were giving off throughout the whole day. Just yeah. uh, a really good one and a good one to come to first. Well, I mean, depending on what route you go to, it's quite a well-known charismatic deer. Because um, I think with deer, there's always the risk that people are going to go, oh, it's just a deer, you know, and and mm -hmm. air quotes here, like, oh, it's just deer. They're all the same, um, which I have to admit, I do quite often, like, because it can be harder to tell them apart and know what's what. Um, so, yeah, I feel like putting something really obvious like a reindeer near the beginning uh, is quite a good move on their part. Mm, yeah, I think so. And I think it's like... Something that I thought before, I was like, am, am I going to be sick of looking at deer by the end of this? Am I just going to be like, this is ridiculous. Well, I don't need to see another deer in my life. Yeah, but actually, oh yeah, it's just another deer. Yeah. yeah but actually, mm -hmm. when you walk around, like they're so different and so beautiful and so act in such different ways, some of them. It's actually really interesting to see the diversity of deer species that they, that they have. Um, and that kind of yeah are out and about and kind of all over the world and fantastic and beautiful and amazing um and yes uh fantastic i guess at this point our our friend arrived who we were waiting for and so we kind of went back to reception we met them uh came in and we started doing kind of the way that the park is laid out there's kind of these things it's kind of a big circular track that runs around the outside which has all the kind of paddocks and stuff on it and then there's also a thing that kind of cuts up the middle that had the reindeer on it and all sorts of um the things that we'd gone to look at first so we started doing the kind of outside track at this point and when you do that one of the first things you come to are highland cows which <sighs> love highland cows i i feel like it's the only opportunity on the podcast we're going to have to highlight this amazing Scottish cow. So I would like to take a moment to tell you that they are beautiful, incredible ginger, big, massive cows with these huge horns, long, shaggy hair, fantastic things. 
I can't tell you. They're just so aesthetically pleasing, especially with kind of in this setting where the deer centre is set. They're kind of in this kind of farmlandy type area, but also with trees and kind of it's just perfect countryside, beautiful aesthetics. Loved it. Fantastic. Amazing. I don't know if you have as many opinions about Highland Cows as I do, Jody, but if you do, please feel free to share. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I mean, it just reminds me of the time I went on a trip to the Isle of Skye and the group that I was with was made up predominantly of Chinese tourists who yeah. were very excited to see Highland Cows um, and we spent a lot of time there taking photos. And I think I was the only Scottish member of the group other than the driver. So him and me were sort of united in our feeling of once you've seen one Highland Cow, you've seen it all. Um, but no, I have to say it was really nice to see them at the Deer Centre. And I think, yeah, because you're right, you don't really see them in other collections because uh, it would be a bit of an odd thing to have in a zoo or whatever. So mm. I think it's a, a nice thing to have in this collection because then you can highlight an animal that isn't necessarily going to be highlighted elsewhere. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and yes, just a nice piece of Scotland and Scottish culture for tourists who've come maybe from abroad, who maybe are visiting from places like St Andrews, which are big tourist hotspots that are nearby, like a good thing to have and highlight. Um, and then the next thing you kind of come to on the opposite end of the spectrum from Highland cows in terms of uh, what they are, I suppose, is wolves, um, which I loved. And wolves are always a crowd pleaser i feel like because they've got that relation to dogs which humans naturally have an affinity for but also they are in themselves sleek and kind of beautiful things and i think this is the kind of point where the conservation value for me and the conservation education value specifically really started to come in to effect because the the signage that they had around this park was fantastic 10 out of 10 and the thing that really caught my eye out um caught my eye when we were at the the wolves specifically is they had signs about things like trophic cascades and kind of the the power of um taking out or adding large predators to environments so they used the case study of yellowstone national park where wolves were reintroduced and it led to all of these positive environmental changes and they had a sign laying all of this out and kind of yeah fantastic use of space and educational value and if you take the time to stop and read these signs you feel like you're not learning you're not just learning the kind of basic, this is a wolf. You're learning, this is a wolf, and this is why it's important, and this is that, and this is the next thing, and this is... So the education value of these these things was fantastic. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Could not say more good things about it. Really, really enjoyed kind of reading them and seeing what they, they had. Um, I know you also love the signage um, as we went round. Um, do you want to say anything about it while we're on this brief signage pit stop at the wolves? Yeah. No, it was just something, I think it was one of the first things that I kind of picked up on was that I just was really impressed by the signage because not even within the content of it, just like to look at the signs, they all looked brand new. And I mean, there's a chance, I guess, that, they were, you know, typically with a signage, you pay a lot of money for it. So you're getting the, your money's worth. You have the signs up for years and things, but they were all just really kind of glossy and sleek looking and just really professional looking. It was very cohesive because all of the signage was the same, like all the way around the park. Um, just a really nice feel and it had beautiful images on them. And then the information that was on it was just really nice. It had your little sort of fact file bits um, that's accessible to kind of younger visitors. What I really liked was that each of them seemed to have the little IUCN logo that would tell you 
um, like the status of each animal. So if it was endangered or least concern or, you know, vulnerable or whatever, um, which I always really appreciate um, on any signage. But yeah, I was I was really quite impressed with the with that and with the signage overall um, in this attraction. So, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, really, really good, really, really strong, and I think yes, a really important because the whole point of being at a zoo is that you learn and that you kind of support conservation and you learn how to protect animals and kind of what the threats are and how you can make changes and it just really hit home the kind of yeah, it was really well done and it chose yeah, it just fantastic, fantastic. Couldn't recommend more. Whoever did your signage, very well done, Scottish Deer Centre because they they've knocked it out of the park. Um, at the wolves and at other things as we go around i'm sure i'll i'll highlight um and once you've kind of looked at the wolves uh, and you do want to move on and you want to highlight something else the next thing there's a lot of kind of climbing frames and activities for kids and stuff as you go around so there was kind of a go-karty track thing and then there's a big climbing frame thing obviously we were less focused on those and so the next thing that we came to um were scottish wildcats which really loved um those uh they were harder to spot i think we maybe noticed one kind of tucked away at the back of a, a space but you can't really begrudge them for that because that's what scottish wildcats do they hide they are for anyone who doesn't know the scottish wildcat is the um i think only yes the only member of the cat family found wildcat family found in britain because of good old humans uh wiping out all of the other ones um so <laughs> they're they're yes a very elusive species we find them up in scotland they face risks such as kind of hybridization with domestic cats deforestation habitat fragmentation so a really kind of core interesting scottish species to be highlighting and something that i really appreciated seeing here again um I, I, as i've said on many episodes i think it's so important to highlight species that are local to you and so seeing a Scottish wildcat in a place like this where there's kind of forests and trees and all sorts of things in the Scottish countryside makes yeah I think perfect sense and was a really good positive thing to highlight I don't know did you did you have any thoughts on that um not really what you just said like yeah obviously they are if you know your Scottish wildcats you know that they are very difficult to spot a lot of the time they are quite elusive um and I think something that surprised me since I've been working at the zoo is that people, even people from Scotland, don't really know what Scottish wildcats are. Um, and a lot of the time they're expecting some sort of big cat, you know. So they're looking in the enclosure thinking, where on earth is it? Why can't I see it? Thinking it'll be really obvious. But actually, they're normally brown and, you know, blend in very well with the trees and things. So, um, yeah, I just, I always appreciate it when a collection has got Scottish wildcats. And as you say, it's it's doing a lot to highlight a really important species that we have here in Scotland and all the conservation work that's going on here at the moment with that. So although we couldn't really see the wildcats, um, it was definitely nice to see that they had them in the collection at all. Yeah, yeah. And I think something that I'd highlight as well, actually, is um, you can learn a lot more about Scottish wildcats by visiting thing, the websites of organisations like Saving Wildcats, um, the Highland Wildlife Park has a lot of information about them. Just Google Scottish wildcat. Learn more about them, especially if you're in Scotland. Learn about the 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 animals that are in your country um, and are so important and so interesting. So something I'd recommend really to go away and, and learn more about them, especially because in terms of kind of a, looking forward for Scottish wildcats, what we do not want them to become is like the next animal we bumped into, which was the lynx, which was another animal once found in um, in Scotland, in the UK, 
no longer. Um, but still a, a beautiful, amazing thing to see. And I think a great thing to highlight as kind of an example of here's an animal that used to be here. It's incredibly beautiful. It's incredibly important. It's a large, interesting predatory cat. Yet it's not here anymore because of X, Y, and Z reasons. Um, and so it was really nice to see them. There, there are still lynx found in Europe. And for anyone who doesn't know what they are, um, the Eurasian lynx is the third largest predator in Europe after the brown bear and the wolf. Um, and they're the largest of the four lynx species. It has a short body, long legs, and large feet. The ears have the characteristic black tuft at the tip, while the paws have shark, sharp, shark claws, sharp retractable claws, um, and their fur is usually grey to red um, and spotted. So really interesting kind of cat that's a bit unusual from your classic big cats. They have the shorter, stubbier tail, kind of um, really interesting, great species to see. Very beautiful. Again, the conservation message of knocking home that these species used to be here, but they're not anymore. So nice to kind of, yeah, to see. I don't know, had you seen a lynx before? Had, was this your first experience seeing lynx? What did you think of seeing them here? What What did you think, Jodie? I have seen a lynx before, but I can't remember where. It was when I was younger, <laughs> but I definitely have seen one before somewhere. Um, did Highland Wildlife Park have lynx or did they used yeah. to? For some reason, I'm thinking it was HWP. Um, I think I might have seen them up there. Um, but yeah, just a really nice one to see. And as you say, so important for the conservation message because it's highlighting an animal that uh, we, we no longer have, you know. Um, and yeah, just one thing I would point out here as we're kind of going up that area of the park where we had, you know, the wolves and the lynx and then what we're about to come on to next um, is that I was really surprised that they had these kind of bigger animals in the Scottish Deer Centre because, as I said at the beginning, I was just expecting like a farm with a few deer, um, which maybe wouldn't be the most exciting to some people. And I didn't know that they had all of these sort of bigger species. Um, and that was a really nice surprise. You know, it's definitely kind of a, a bit of a hidden gem, I suppose, because you just wouldn't think that a deer centre would have all these really big charismatic animals. Um, mm. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely a nice, pleasant surprise there. Yeah, yeah, fact, I, yeah, absolutely. Because it's one of those things that you're kind of like, you see the Scottish Deer Centre, and in the logo there are wolves and things, but you just, like, it's one of those things maybe you don't necessarily clock because you're going to see deer. And then you see these larger predatory species as well, and you think, actually, this makes perfect sense because you're not only highlighting the kind of large herbivores, you're highlighting some of the other smaller species that are found round about them um, some of the predators that are found round about them some of the yeah just kind of highlighting the ecosystem as a whole rather than just elements of it which I really really appreciate um, and yes I think the next thing that we were kind of hinting at is bears um, brown bears there was two we spotted two um, brown bears um, and shoot like I always forget how big this sounds stupid but like it's you always forget how big a brown bear is until you see it and you're like whoa hello um and you can just imagine kind of in the setting that they're in kind of seeing one of these coming through the forest at you maybe in a kind of more natural space just how intimidating that could be or how kind of impressive it would be um and yeah it was great i think we walked past just as they were getting a snack so they were out kind of out and about pulling at some food and things so really good and again they had excellent signage here kind of talking about the bears year and what they'll do in different months and how they'll kind of calm 
and kind of chill uh, over the kind of winter months and be more active in certain times. And it was really, really good, really, really interesting. Beautiful carvings of bears and all sorts of, yeah, great, great stuff. All while still highlighting on the other side of the path deer, which was nice to have as well. So while you kind of had the kind of big bears on one side, you were still highlighting other things. So yeah, I really appreciated seeing bears. I don't know why. I just love them. Beautiful things. Yeah, Any thoughts on I the bears? was thinking that, and you don't you don't see bears in Scotland. I know that we've got like some bears at, uh, at Edinburgh Zoo, but yeah, I just feel like something like a, a big brown bear. I definitely don't think I've really seen them much mm-hmm. before. So it, it was definitely a nice uh, nice addition to the park, and it was really nice to see them. And they're just so impressive, like just so <laughs> chunky and fuzzy and just great just love them yeah so, and uh, yeah i think we did you're right we did go past just as they were maybe getting fed or something had happened because i could see a keeper kind of wandering about the back so i think we're maybe, uh, again with the timing when we went wandered past but uh yeah just really really nice to see those guys out mm-hmm. it was great it was great and like I, I i'm surprised you felt so safe given you were so in tune with your dear brethren um that you had made friends with um they might have seen you as a snack, but clearly they did not. Uh, they were very, very kind to you. They just let you be. Uh, <laughs> um, but yes, uh, <laughs> uh, moving on from there, um, we came on to elk, which I did not realise how much I loved um, elk until I saw one. They are yeah, the largest... you were really loving the elk. You spent a long time with them. <laughs> Just taking about 600 photos of them. Just great. Um, This elk actually had come from the Highland Wildlife Park, I believe. Um, It was born last year, moved down to that uh, the Scottish Deer Centre. Um, just so beautiful, so incredible. They have these long, slender legs. They're basically, imagine a moose-type creature, uh, people at home. They're incredible. Biggest species of deer, the living species of deer. Um... And yeah, just beautiful. I don't know why. I think it was because, and something that really amazed me, and again, the power of nature and camouflage, we walked around that space and I was like, there's no, I can't, like, this is a huge deer. I can't see it. Where is it? And then we came around a corner and there it was just lying on the ground. But you, if you weren't looking for it, you could have walked straight past it. Like, you wouldn't have noticed it was there. And it was just amazing to, to kind of clock it and be like, oh, hello. Um, And then it got up and kind of was wandering around past the fence and just uh, there was something else about the little sign that ha- they had that was like our elk is still kind of settling in so don't get too close don't do this she will stomp on you uh, if you put your hands or feet through the <laughs> i just uh, appreciate the whole energy of that really really loved really really loved seeing it i don't know if you'll have much to add there because obviously i'm mad and love the elk but... yeah i think by that point like i had to give up and just start walking away in an effort to encourage <laughs> you to follow um because you were just stuck there with your camera one other thing i would say about that deer in general before we move on is that they did have some sort of like treetop walkway thing like a big wooden walkway that you could walk up onto we didn't go over it and um, but i did clock it at the time that you could walk up and i think that would be quite a good a good sort of viewing platform if you weren't lucky like we were when and the animals like the bears were right out i think the idea is that you can look at them from a little bit high up and it might give you a better view and um, so that's always a nice touch in a park especially when you know you've got animals that can be a little bit elusive Yes, yes. It was really, really good, actually. I think I found that as we went around, there was lots of different ways to view things and ways to experience things, which was really, really, really nice. Um, And yeah, as we kind of continued around, there was a fox kind of space. We didn't see the fox, but obviously finding a fox in a forest when it doesn't want to be seen is not going to happen. Um, So we didn't clock the fox. Um, 
But as you keep moving around, you then come to an animal which is actually extinct in the wild, which is the... Now, my French... I've not done French since high school, but this is a, a French word, I believe. Pierre David's deer? Pierre David? Pierre David's deer? Extinct in the wild. Um, and kind of an interesting story there. Actually, I was Googling it this morning because I was like, why? how did it make it to Scotland and survive? And so I looked and I, the WWF website had a little bio all about... Um, the story of the the Pierre David's deer, um, because I think it's interesting to kind of clock how an animal that is now extinct in the wild is still in zoos. Um, and something interesting is that it's a 550 pound animal, so a big deer, um, native to China's Yangtze River Basin. It was already di- disappearing in the late 19th century when French missionary Pierre, which means father, David, made his f- made it known to the West. So. I like I love the phrasing of that in that it wasn't discovered um by him because that's not let's decolonize conservation everyone uh, so nice good job on that one WWF um so we first made it known to the west uh later when floods and hunting wiped out the entire population in China Herbrand Russell Duke of Bedford saved the species from extinction by acquiring the last of the world's captive deer and breeding them in his estate Nearly a century later, the first conservation reintroduction in China was met with some scepticism. Few people thought the deer would survive, given the small gene pool. But the deer defied expectations, and the founding population of 38 has now reached 600 in this centre alone. So interesting how, and a conservation kind of success story, that this animal was kind of threatened, it was discovered, kind of made known to the West, um, all this time ago and then continued to kind of decrease 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 and then it was managed to be brought into captivity saved bred successfully reintroduced and i think that shows the power of zoos she was the power of responsible collections kind of management um and shows the power of yeah just if there's an animal out there that we want to save we can if we try um and so i really appreciated that story and so yes really really great loved it fantastic very cute huge with these big fuzzy antlers um amazing amazing i don't know jody did you have anything to add there or have i just spoken for too long about no it my, my add-on was going to be the fuzzy antlers <laughs> they'd be like it's antlers were so fuzzy um but yeah no i really like that and i think there's just something really special about you know being there so up close to an animal that is extinct in the wild like you know all of these animals whether you know whatever their conservation status is it's lovely to see them but yeah there's just something it's a real moment, isn't it, when you're there so close to something that's extinct in the wild. It is really, really special. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel, again, like because a lot of people would come in and be like, oh, that's just here. They wouldn't appreciate that and they wouldn't, they might not even sort of clock it. You know, they might not read the sign and, and find out what's so incredible about this species. So um, yeah, yeah, I really, really liked Really, really like that species, especially the one with the big fuzzy antlers. Yes, true king of kings. Um, <laughs> loved, loved, loved. And I think, yeah, just fantastic, especially compared to the next deer that we came across who hated you and our friend Alice specifically, um, which was the white-lipped deer who ran over at the fence towards us because I think he saw one of the, we had one of the little feed bags, but you're not allowed to feed this species, so we couldn't give him anything. So we were walking up the fence and he just walked over and was like, hello, followed us up the fence. We stopped to take a selfie because he was uh, look, He was a little bit far away um, and kind of we stopped, turned, take a picture. Um, and while we were all distracted by the camera, 
he like bolted up behind you. <laughs> um, uh, Julian kind of yes tried to stick his head and like it looked like he was going to just like give a munch on your hair. It was quite funny. Um, so compared to that, the Peer David's Dave, David's deer were ten out of ten. Uh, compared to this guy, although actually maybe the charisma and personality of the white lipped deer really. Maybe that saved it for for it. I don't know. Uh, what well, given your your experience with them? What was your, what was your opinion of the white lipped deer? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really aware any of that was happening because <laughs> I was our friend that noticed and kind of screamed, and uh, I was completely unaware of what was going on behind me that my hair was about to get a munch. Um, yeah, I feel like what I clocked at this area of the park wasn't even really about the species that was in front of us. It was more that I was just kind of taking in the grounds and like the scenery that you could see. I don't know what hills it was that we could see from the park, but there was these big hills that happened to be all sort of snow capped uh, because we've had some quite wintry weather here lately. Um, and it was just a really nice setting. Like the park is in a, a nice area, um, nice big sort of open land around it and trees and the mountains and it was a bit of a sort of cloudy day so yeah it was just really adding to the atmosphere and um, so while that chaos was going on with the white lip deer right in front of us all around us it was very sort of serene <laughs> and lovely and um, just to balance it out Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep yep um i feel like it's the type of place where if you were lucky you'd see things like red squirrels kind of hopping about like that's the vibe it was giving off and i loved like you loved it um and yeah that kind of yeah, I guess that brings us to the end of the kind of bigger species that we kind of wanted to highlight. But there's still quite a few things to kind of discuss in that there's the kind of birds of prey. There is the the deer feeding, gift shop, cafe. So a couple of things left to discuss. And I guess if we start with the kind of once we've once we looped around, we kind of got back to the beginning and we had still had these bags of pellets and we wanted to feed the deer. And they have this huge space where you can go and feed some of the different species. And yeah, so we did that. And it's fantastic. Loved it deer saliva on your hands is slightly gross but also the feeling of having them eat right off the palm of your hand is fantastic so loved it um really an amazing experience for two pound fifty um the one thing i was kind of confused about and i would like more clarification on how they do this and how they don't look at kind of how they manage overfeeding perhaps would be like how do you clock because it looked like they were just selling as much as people was had to wanted to buy so i would be interested to see the kind of justifications and kind of what goes on behind the scenes for that i don't know if there is kind of anything there if there is an ethical type issue i'm unsure um but it's just something that as a zooey person i kind of clocked of like these animals must eat a lot and obviously there's a lot of deer in the space to eat them and so maybe they they it just Ma- ma- kind of manically magically manically magically um <laughs> balances out everybody's kind of food kind of consumption seems to be a good level i'm unsure um but yeah something i was interested in but the experience itself of feeding the deer was lovely very friendly very nice to see them all um loved it loved kind of it just makes you feel so like young and joyful to be like feeding an animal that's like and it gives you a real appreciation for just how big and kind of interesting and powerful some of these animals are when they come right up to say hello and yeah i don't know what was your thoughts on feeding the deer jody yeah i mean i feel like it's the kind of thing that you would want to do when you were younger and maybe adults less inclined to do so. But actually, I feel like I appreciated it more as an adult because, <laughs> it, yeah, there's just something really like majestic about just getting to actually feed an animal. Um, how are these deer not all so overweight? Because the amount of food that they must be getting off of visitors. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess they wouldn't be they wouldn't be feeding them if 
if they weren't allowed to be. Like there'll be some logic behind it there. And there were some deer as well, we should point out, that you weren't allowed to feed. Um yeah. and there were clearly signposted and things. Um but yeah, yeah, it was I mean you said earlier there you said manically instead of magically by mistake. I feel like manic kind of sums it up <laughs> as well because sometimes you'd be wandering along and all of these deer would just suddenly like rush at you the minute they clocked that you had food. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was a little bit terrifying sometimes when they were some of the bigger ones. And so it's just a really nice day out. And I think yeah, like it is nice to have that sort of interactive element because uh, as much as it is nice to go around and just see the deer, I think that's where you'd stray into the territory of some people not really appreciating it and just saying, oh, it's it's just a lot of deer. And maybe they would, if you weren't the biggest animal person, maybe they'd get a little bit bored. So having that interactive element, I think, is really good. Definitely worth buying a little bag of food for £2.50. Um, but yes, your hands will get very, very muddy and messy and kind of grey. Um, so, but they do have sort of like hand sanitizer um, throughout the route as you're walking. And then when you get back to the front, they have like sinks where you can go and wash your hands. So I think that's a that's a, a good element that they've included there because it's definitely needed. Yes, yes. And I, d- I did like your highlighting of Manic because, yeah, it was giving like big walking dead energy like like oh my god they're all coming for us now um like you'd start feeding one tiny little like snow white-esque moment deer of like you can hear the birds in the trees and the fl- and then all of a sudden this wave of like oh she has food he has food off we go um to like grab everything which quite, could be a little like whoa um but yes good fun anyway um and yes, once we'd done that, washed hands, the last thing we kind of looked at was the, the birds of prey, um, which really good selection of birds of prey, really like good mix. It does say they were developing the area they had to sign up. So I don't know what the future will hold for this. So maybe can't comment too much on what it will be when, when you visit, because it might have changed. But um, overall, really liked it. Really strong, strong energy from the birds of prey. Um, Eurasian yeah. eagle owls. They had a lot owls. of different birds of prey as well. Yeah. Lots of di- snowy owls, all sorts of different stuff. It was really, really nice and really, really kind of interesting to see. Um, and yeah, I I guess it would be nice to kind of go back on a day where they were a bit more... Because it looked like they had a space to kind of sit them out. Like, you know how sometimes you go to Bird of Prey shows and they have kind of them all out on little, like, stop, like, what are they called? Perches for you to see. Like, I, it looks like they have the potential to do that. But they were all inside when we went, so it was kind of hard to appreciate necessarily the, the beauty of the birds. But still fantastic. Um collection and selection of birds so yeah nice to see um i don't know did you have any more comments on the birds or um i would just comment one of the things we noticed when we first went in was that they had a few sort of chalkboards sitting right at the entrance and it displayed um all the different sort of talks and presentations and things that they had on that day and they did advertise a bird of prey show uh, i think weather dependent obviously and um, but that was one of the things that they did um, so I suppose I would, that would be a little kind of thing, like just overall, is that they did seem to have a really good selection of different talks and presentations on throughout the day, um, which I think is a really nice little extra because it would be a good way to learn mm-hmm. more about the animals and maybe learn some things that you wouldn't have necessarily known. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought that was a nice little bonus. And I appreciate how each of the birds of prey were not forgotten about in terms of signage and educational value. They had the same signs and the same level of facts and stuff as all of the other animals, which was nice because I think sometimes they're kind of used as just kind of props for photos and things at some places. Whereas this, it felt like, no, there's information here for you to kind of, yeah, clock and read and learn about. So really, really nice. Um, 
and that kind of yeah that brings us to the end of kind of our walking around the 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 park itself there is a couple things left to kind of talk about our bonus things for this episode were signage which we've already kind of talked about uh ticket price gift shop and cafe I think something I would add as well is for in terms of family value, there's a lot of would be something that I'd like to add to the bonus list. And I'll just talk about that briefly first, which was there is a lot of activities for kids. There's cool stuff like old farm equipment for them to look at, a big, massive retired fighter jet for them to look at, which seems kind of disconnected from the conservation animal message. But it was interesting piece of history to see. Um, There is kind of a little go kart looking track. There's climbing stuff. There's a big bouncy pillow there's sand for them to play like there's all sorts of different stuff for families that could really stretch out this experience from being kind of a an animal kind of half day animal experience to a maybe potentially two-thirds full day if you really stretched it type thing for if you had kids to play with so that's yeah that seems like a good kind of thing to highlight i guess that i'd like to add that in terms of family value there's a lot there um yeah, I was going to mention that as well as a bonus. And just a lot of the things were like, if you're an adult, maybe you're not necessarily going to be playing with these things, but there was a few good sort of like photo opportunities with these random items as well. Like, yeah, the big jet and there was tractors and yeah. So kind of random but fun. Um, few little kind of bonus things dotted about. So yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah. Uh, yeah, I appreciated that as well. Yeah. And then, yeah, in terms of gift shop, good selection it was giving big i know i've said it, walking dead energy before but i'm going switching from walking dead energy to big mum energy because it had yankee candles it had all the kind of wind chimes it had the classic kind of maybe this is just my mum but it big mum energy type or like stuff then it also had the classic kind of cuddly toys stuff for kids books all sorts of stuff so nice it looked like they, they had a fresh kind of farm produce section in terms of kind of a a food food outlet which was nice and i think that's a good thing to kind of shop local maybe type message to highlight we didn't really spend long in the gift shop but it was nice to have kind of that 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 kind of thing there as well it's kind of a classic staple of all tourist attractions but i think of all gift shops we've been in that had a it had a good selection i didn't buy anything personally but a good selection yeah no it was it was a nice shop and yeah i like that they had the little farm shop kind of on the end of it as well um that's just a nice touch and one thing i would point out about um just because when we're talking about the shop it reminded me was that the staff here were so nice and i feel like staff are always nice in these kind of places because you kind of have to be to be working in this sort of uh you know this sort of place but yeah i just feel like shout out to the staff at the scottish deer center because all of the staff that we encountered were like extra friendly so we had mm-hmm. people at admissions and in the shop the woman who was at the counter in the cafe we went in there twice and she was lovely um and then like we caught one of the keepers doing talk and you know yeah just everyone was just really really extra friendly um mm-hmm. which was a nice a nice little bonus so Shout out to them, because I feel like we are always so busy talking about the animals, we forget <laughs> to mention the staff. Um, but they were really, really nice here. Yeah, and I, yeah, that actually leads nicely onto the cafe, which was, again, really nice, kind of standard attraction cafe. I imagine in peak summer, it could get pretty mobbed, but again, like they had they seemed to have a lot of kind of outdoor seating which was nice so if in the summer like the indoor space was busy that looked like there was a lot of kind of benches and stuff outside it might just be in winter like it might be a bit cramped but we managed to get a table no problem um and kind of have our our lunch it was it wasn't too expensive like it's like one of those standard things when you're in an attraction the food is nothing to like you're not going for gourmet kind of michelin star type food so and as long as it's reasonably priced and pretty nice 
it's good and that's yeah. kind of yeah, yeah i thought it was nice and the the portion sizes were really good for the price as well so that's another yeah. gold star for the cafe and the cakes and stuff also look good we didn't have i didn't have a cake but like it they looked good they looked really really good um which yeah so i guess that's kind of everything like we've talked around the whole experience the the i suppose the last thing like uh, the last thing to mention i guess would be kind of we went on the same day as fife zoo and as we kind of hinted to in the fife zoo episode of Rizu, um i think you could do both of these in one day fife zoo's ticket price is only five pounds the ticket price for here for an adult is only about 11 pounds so together at 16 pounds within a five ten minute drive of each other can't complain it's a full day of animals we did it both in a day and we didn't feel like we were rushing around like i feel like that would be a recommendation i would make to you is that if you're in the area can't try and combine it with fife zoo um and if you're doing fife zoo try and combine it with this and just kind of make a day of everything um yeah i would agree with that because i think you could do the deer center on its own yeah um and that might be enough for some people but yeah i think the way that we did it it just because i think the the deer center for me would have filled maybe like two-thirds of the day yeah um, which would have been fine but it was nice having doing the two attractions together because that made it then like a full day and because as you say they are so close like it just makes a lot of sense to do them both together um but then i guess maybe if you've got young kids and you're not maybe looking for a full day the deer center is certainly enough to keep them busy for for a good chunk of the day yeah. um and yeah obviously you mentioned the ticket price there and i feel like well well worth it uh-huh. for for that price because i think it's a nice day there's plenty to do you know there's the interactive with the feeding um so yeah no no complaints about that really yeah Perfect. And I guess then all that remains is for us to wrap up because we've got our, our two stars and a wish and our, our our word, our word of the how we would describe it in one word. And I guess to start off with two stars and a wish, um, do you want to start off with maybe your, your two stars and then I'll give my two stars and then you can give your wish, I'll give my wish and then we'll do our, our word. So what are your stars? What were your highlights of the Scottish Deer Centre, Jodie? So my stars would be, I have to say the signage. Um, yeah. just because it was something I kept commenting on the whole way round. I just really liked the signage and I was really impressed, um, which maybe feels a bit weird to some people, but we look at the whole visitor experience and yeah, I appreciate good signage and I really like the signage here. It's done very well. Um, and my second star, what would my second star be? I feel like it's got to be like the the deer with the fuzzy antler, the Peter David's deer um just because extinct in the wild i just thought that was so cool and it stood out to me and i was just really glad that we got to meet that deer and i loved his antlers and yeah just loved him so yeah he would be my second star that that one with the big antlers specifically not even the whole species just him um because i loved him mm-hmm. i think yeah i would agree and and if you hadn't stolen him i would have made him one of my stars too but instead <laughs> i shall highlight the elk um, because for some reason I felt mm-hmm. a spiritual, spiritual connection to that animal. Don't know why, but I did. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Loved seeing it disappear into the kind of grass. Loved seeing it stand up. That's the type of person, like, I recently, while I was interviewing Katie McFarlane uh, for Pangolin, made a joke out of myself where, like, I was like, I'm the type of person who go to a zoo and be like, look, it's standing. Look, it's sitting down. <laughs> and that was me seeing the, like, that was me seeing the elk. Like, oh, it moved. Like, that's the level I was at um so yes there was that um and then also i guess my second star i would also highlight the signage is really strong 
I'd maybe highlight my second star would be can I say your 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 dear impression or is that not appropriate? <laughs> <laughs> I mean if that was a, a, the star of the show then what can I say? It was a real Maybe fun. I need to take up a career in animal impersonation. <laughs> um maybe the maybe <laughs> if not that um the the signage was good and mm, I really like the Highland cows. I just like Highland cows. So and also the links, the links, maybe yes, the links, the links are the one because they were just so graceful, so nice to see them. Good conservation message there. Yeah, great, love them. Can't really say more. Can't really say more than I just love them. Um, and yeah, that kind of brings us to the end. So I don't know, Jody, did you have a thought for our potential word of the day? Oh, our wish. Damn, our wish. Yes, I almost forgot. What was our, what was your wish? Wish. What was your wish? <laughs> Um, my, right, my wish is a stupid wish, and I feel like it's probably not something that can practically be done, but we mentioned at one point as we were walking around, some sort of paths would be quite good, um, because I can't remember if they were maybe with some paths in some of the areas, but like, when we were walking down, like, that bit towards the Highland Cows sticks in my mind, because it was very, very muddy, Yeah. and I actually, like, it's just built on a big bit of field like um, you know you're not expecting big concrete paths to be built but maybe some sort of sort of gravelly path or just something to make it a little bit easier to walk on because you know not even taking into account the fact that it's muddy and it might ruin your shoes like just wear better shoes don't wear white trainers like I did um it's more just that it's quite slippery and it you know there was a few times that I almost slipped because we've had bad weather here lately so it's like thick mud like yeah. not even a little bit like thick mud um and it was just a little bit slippery and I'm just thinking like people in wheelchairs or like in, with buggies and stuff like are really going to struggle so yeah I don't know how practical it would be to implement some sort of path structure um but maybe maybe just a path would have been my wish if possible um just yeah. some paths rather than swamps to walk <laughs> fair fair critique um and yes i think there were some areas that were definitely path it was just there was a couple bits that were like you're walking on the grass next to where the path is meant to be because it's a bit bit messy um yeah i guess yeah. For me, and obviously it's because there's so many people walking up yeah. and down those bits and stopping there to feed them and stuff but it just meant the ground underfoot was like really churned up so top tip if you're going wear proper boot ellies if you have them uh, especially if the weather's not been great <laughs> yes yes um yeah i think that's fair and i guess for me my only wish would be just a little more clarification on the how you manage the feeding of these animals would be nice and how like it's done in a kind of responsible way maybe there was signage and i just missed it but it compared if there was so much good signage that it would i don't think it would be hard for them to put up a sign that says oh so this is how we do the feeding of animals and this is how we do that in the next thing so yeah something that i think would be interesting to implement and nice to implement and good to implement would be something like that which yeah just is a case of popping up a sign if they could or just have someone chatting to folk about it um so yeah that is kind of um everything i guess so now we can move on to our word how would you describe your experience at the scottish deer center in one word to remind listeners we had the bar was set for with at chester we had bonnie for loch lomond sea life we had potential for fife zoo and now we have the deer center. What would you, how would you describe it in one word? So I feel like I'm going to have to use two words here. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to have a phrase rather than a word, but I feel like I would describe it as hidden gem. 
because I didn't like it better than I was, I was expecting it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really know much about what to expect. Like, I just thought it was going to be a bunch of deer, as I've said a lot of times. Not that there's anything wrong with deer. But uh, yeah, it was just a lot bigger than I was expecting. Like, it had other animals, like the bigger species, which was really exciting. I just was really, really impressed. And I feel like it's not, almost like not advertised enough. Like, don't know how much is there. Because, I mean, I certainly didn't before I went. I feel like it's a real hidden gem in that sense. Um, and also kind of hidden in that unless you knew it was there you might not know it was there because obviously we know because it's on the way to St Andrews but like our friend that we went with said it wasn't until she was sort of approaching it on the road that there was even for it I feel like they need to make a bigger song and dance about themselves because it's a really really nice really really nice attraction nice collection nice day out just yeah hidden gem perfect perfect yes that's fantastic so I couldn't agree more I think yeah I think hidden gem is perfect. I think, um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't sum it up better myself. So I'm not even going to try. Uh, <laughs> maybe I could sum it up better with a, a really bad deer impression, but that won't be happening again. Um, so <laughs> that brings us very nicely to, e- to the end. Thank you all. Add one deer impression. That's enough for this episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, <laughs> well, yes, that brings us very nicely to the end. Um, thank you once again, Jodie, for joining me. Thank you to everyone for listening. Um, if you'd like to hear more Rizus, we've done uh, Chester Zoo, we've done Loch Lomond Sea Life, we've done Fife Zoo, now this, and very soon we're going to be releasing a whole lot more because we have a trip to London booked, so we are hitting all the attractions down there. So uh, keep make sure to subscribe so you don't miss on, out on some London Zoo reviews. Um and yes uh yeah make sure so yeah subscribe basically is what i'm trying to say there subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify um google Podcasts, wherever you listen click subscribe follow whatever you need to do you can also follow us on social media at pangolin podcast so make sure to do that as well we're on instagram twitter linkedin facebook all over the place so make sure and hit subscribe uh, or follow or wherever my words are getting all messed up now <laughs> but yeah just do that and we would be very appreciated um we would be very appreciated we'd be very appreciative um so yeah basically that just brings us to the end uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening and subscribing and following and doing all those things we're very appreciative thank you jody once again for um your support and for um kind of yeah for being part of the show and offering your insights um and yes until next time goodbye